Okay, before I open up the mic and get to my next guest, Evan Schiller, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf, at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year. And I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58. There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX full-face wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arco's and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arco's Caddy when you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited-time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. Com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance-enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four-way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50-plus protection. From solids to bold, eye-catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part, you can head to construct.com and that's C-O-N-X-S-T-R-U-C-T.com and use code Chris for 20% off the green collection today. All right, now back and next on the tee with me to probably set the record straight is Evan Schiller. For those of you not familiar with Evan's work as a photographer, you need to go check out his website, evanschillerphotography.com. And I mean this sincerely, not just because he's a guest on the show, but because it's true. And on top of being a great guy, it's the reason I've asked him to come back on the show for a third time now. And just like Tom Patry said, he is the best photographer on the planet. You go back into his golf career, you know, the, the Tulane thing, we don't, we're not quite sure about. Uh, we'll get the story on that. But he played his college golf at the University of Miami back in 1981-82. He helped the team to a third-place finish in the Andy Bean Classic, a fourth-place finish in the Furman Invitational, and another fourth-place finish in the Southeast Invitational. And in the all-or-nothing tournament at Athens Country Club, they finished fifth and earned a berth, uh, berth in the National Championship Tournament, which was held that year at Pinehurst. They ended up finishing 10th. They had another strong team in 83, and Evan helped them to finish second in the FIU Sunshine Invitational. He qualified to play in events on the PGA Tour from 1984 to 1988, including the 1986 U.S. Open at Shinnecock. He has now photographed over 600 championship courses worldwide, and I'm looking at his calendar hanging right here on the wall in my studio, and I am honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Evan, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it very so much. You got to set the record straight. Is, is all that stuff Tom Patrick said true? It's exactly how he said. <laughs> as far That's as I know. <laughs> so, as far as he knows. As far as he knows. <laughs> no doubt. So tell me about the, the beginnings. You know, tell us about how, how the, the whole photography thing came together and, uh, and why you're now the best golf photographer on the planet. 
Wow. Um, actually, um, Tom was with me. We um, we were out in California. We played the California Open, and um, it was at uh, the Mission Hills, the Dinah Shore course, and at the mountain course at La Quinta Resort and Club. And I, somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know, you guys should go down the street. There's a new course that just opened up. Um, you should go check it out. It turns out it was it's the state it's a stadium course at PGA West. It there was nothing nothing out there. I mean, if you saw it then and now, it's like night and now it's completely built up. When we went out there, it was 1986. Go play the stadium course. There was a few model homes there, but the rest was a golf course routed through what was essentially sand. Um. The uh, Pete Dye, I mean, Pro Shop was in a trailer anyway. So we come to the, the ninth hole. We went out and played early because, you know, it was like middle of the day, it was 120 degrees. And we come to the ninth hole and I look down this hole and it's a slight little dog leg right uh, around this water. And it has a, uh, a bunker running almost the length of the hole. And then there's uh, railroad ties between the sand and the water, you know, peat ties, railroad ties. Um, and then there's this mountain in the background and the water was really calm and there was a perfect reflection of the mountain and the water. In fact, the hole is called reflection. So I stop and I look at this and, you know, we didn't have cell phones at the time where you could snap a photo uh, and I didn't have a camera with me, but it was about that moment that I decided, you know, I got to go home and get a camera and just start taking it with me, you know, to these tournaments or courses I play. So just for kicks, I started, I got a camera, started taking it with me. I would take the photos and hang them up on my wall. They were like all around my room. You know, I'd give them away to friends. And that's kind of how it got started. And then, you know, as Tom said, several years later, uh, I want to say it was, you know, five or six years later, I went to go work with Tom at Westchester. And, you know, like that part, he he was accurate about that. He did say, you know, we should put some photos up in the pro shop. And they did sell. I mean, I I never thought it would happen. Uh, so that was my, actually, I think my first sale of any kind of photography was those photos that we sold at uh, at Westchester. And then I did it at a few more clubs. And that's, essentially how it got started and evan like i mentioned in your intro each year i buy your calendar have it hanging on the wall here in my yeah. studio with 600 plus championship courses that you photographed how do you decide which which pictures you're going to put in the calendar each year uh i honestly it's some of the more recent photos you know a lot of them have come you know or from the last year or so the courses i've shot um but there's always one that uh i look at and go okay that one's the cover uh but yeah they're usually photos that i've taken over the last year or so you know maybe maybe a little bit further back but generally yeah the more recent ones um, you know, i don't know I, I don't have any method i just look and say hey that's nice i like that i like to have you know a variety from different places 
Um, but there's no real rhyme or reason other than ones that I like, or you know, such that there's a at least a, um, a difference of you know locations and courses and from around the country. And Evan, as I look at the picture for this month, it's appropriately the 13th hole at Oak Hill side of this week's PGA Championship, right. a, a beautiful Donald Ross and Andrew Green design. What yeah. can we all look forward to since you've been there and you photographed the holes? What can we look forward to seeing this week at Oak Hill? Wow. Um, well, you know, my when I photographed it, oh, it was two years ago. Um, my first impression when I walked on the property is was this is a big golf course. Um, kind of a similar feel like when I, you know, when I remember the first time I walked on the wing foot, I went, whoa, this is a big golf course. Um, and it is. It's a big boy golf course. Andrew did an amazing job restoring it. It had kind of over the years. First of all, the course is going to look a lot different than it did when they played their 10 years, I think 10 years ago, they played in 2013. It's going to look a lot different now. He did a wonderful job restoring it to the old, to the Donald Ross, as close as he could to the Donald Ross look and feel design. I know he worked off of some aerials and some old photos, um, you know, but the bunkering is definitely Ross bunkering now and the greens were restored. And yeah, he brought back the character of the golf course. It, I thought it was, fabulous really really good um it's going to be interesting to see how it plays and, you know I, I i happened to look at the weather and i think on thursday morning i saw 30s right thursday morning so i mean they might even have frost on thursday morning um you know i think that high was only going to be about 54 so that baby's going to play long <laughs> <laughs> The picture you took is of the 13th hole. They got a flagpole with an American flag flying there on the hole, the, the Hill of Fame. Yep. Talk about that 13th hole. I think it measures out over 600. Like I want to say like 630 if they play it from the back tee. Um, you know, I and there's a creek running across. Unless they move the tee up, I don't think anybody's, you know, I think in 2013, I think guys are flying it over that creek. Um, I may be mistaken, but I don't, unless they move the T up, um, I don't think anybody's going over that Creek this year. Uh, be interesting to see where they play it from, you know, whether they play it from 632 or they move it around. And also the, you know, the second part of the, the shot is uphill to, you know, essentially what's like a punch bowl green. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful hole really, really. And it's tight up there by the green. With those, and, with those trees up on the right. Just so everyone's aware, and you point this out in the calendar, Oak Hill is the only club to have hosted now four PGA championships, the Ryder Cup, three U.S. Opens, two U.S. Amateurs, the U.S. Senior Open, and two Senior PGA Championships. Can you feel that rich major history blowing in the Oaks when you walk around the grounds of that golf course and in the clubhouse? Yeah, you know, it's, um, I don't know, there's, there's certain places you walk into. I mean, I remember when I was at Canterbury in Ohio, and you know they haven't had uh, a tour, a PGA Tour major there in a while. But you just you walk inside as you do at Oak Hill. Uh, you know, you got the hall of the Hill of Fame 
you know, there's plaques, there's photos, there's memorabilia. Yeah, you really get a sense of the history of this place when you're walking around the property. Um, you know, it, it also, you know, helps knowing when you walk in there what's, you know, what's transpired. I mean, I remember watching, I remember watching the um, PGA in 1980 when Nicholas won. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, there's a lot of history. Yeah, you definitely feel, especially when you walk in the clubhouse around the grounds, um, you know, I remember walking around there and saying, hey, I remember what happened on this hole, what happened on this hole. So uh, and I, I, I'm standing, I remember I was standing on 18th green and trying to envision, I remember that shot that Sean McKeel hit in there on Sunday. Um, so yeah, it just kind of brought back memories as I was walking around that place for, you know, basically I was there for almost a week. And Evan, you talk about Jack. The, the picture you chose for the calendar for the month of June is Baltus Roll, another course with a, a mm. long history of hosting major championships right. a little south of, of Oak Hill in, in Springfield, New Jersey. And I yep. didn't know this until I was doing the research, but it's actually named after a man, Baltus Roll, yep. or a, a guy who owned the farm on that land once upon a time. And it's a, another great uh, place where Jack won a couple of U.S. Opens. I know you're a Tillinghast fan. What was it like photographing that course? Um, well, you know, Jack won the U.S. Wait, he won the U.S. Open there the same year he won the PGA. At right. Oak Hill, 1980. Because um, I remember I remember being there. I was there in 1980 on Sunday. And the uh, being on the 18th hole, he was playing with Aoki. And you couldn't get near the green. There was so many people. So I remember my brother and I were there and we were crawling under people's legs. <laughs> you know, it was kids crawl. I remember crawling through people's legs and I got up to the green and Jack was putting right at me. You know, that wow. he made in that last one look coming right at me. And I, you know, I'm holding up his club and I, and then they had a big sign up on the clubhouse, you know, Jack is back because he hadn't won a major. I think it was in five, 1977. I think it was five years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds yeah, about maybe. right. Yeah. Um, Baltus Raw, when you walk around the clubhouse, it's like walking through a museum. It's because they have so much memorabilia there. It's, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a clubhouse like it with all the photos and memorabilia. I mean, everywhere you go, especially, you know, like in the men's locker room and the grid, and it just, it's amazing. It really is amazing. All the stuff they have there. Uh, it's really cool just to watch, to walk around and look at it and read it. And the old, I mean, really old photos, some of the newer ones. Um, and it's uh, each time I've gone there, I think I've gone there three times now to shoot the course. You know, most recently it was a couple of years ago because, you know, Gil Hans just did a big renovation to the lower, um, restored the tilling house, <laughs> restored it to a true tilling house. Um, and I've stayed in the clubhouse because they have these rooms upstairs, which are really nice. Um, so that's always kind of nice. You know, you get up in the morning, walk downstairs, get in a cart and go out and shoot the course. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just another cool place. And that, that clubhouse is amazing. Evan, it's got to be very challenging to try to capture the hole in the way that you want to capture it. 
you, you know, you, you're dealing with weather and cloud cover and position of trees and where is the sun and other obstacles, which means everything has to be in perfect sync for you to get the picture that I'm guessing you have envisioned in your mind. Talk about the patience that you have to have for all of that stuff to line up. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that, and I remember my, I remember my father saying this, he said, and it wasn't necessarily about photography, but it was about other things. He goes, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't necessarily have control over. And in, in this case, you know, it's the weather for me, because what I do is so reliant on the weather, but I really have no control over that. He goes, but what you do have control over is how prepared you are. So one of the things that I do whenever I get to a golf course is I scout it pretty thoroughly. And by what I do is, you know, I'll drive around the course um, and I have this little app called the Sun Seeker. So I'll drive every hole and I generally will walk up on the tee, maybe out in the fairway, um, just kind of getting a sense of where I might want to shoot from. But also I use my Sun Seeker and it tells you where the sun's going to be at you know at every any moment of the day in other words so i i can hold it up in the air and it'll show me where the sun is at 6 30 a.m you know at 6 45 a.m you know 7 a.m and you know where it is in the sky so i know i get a sense of like okay well this whole you know be good in the i think it'll be good in the morning because the sun's going to be over there maybe maybe not so great in the afternoon Whereas another hole or two could be really good in the afternoon. So I make my little notes. So I get a, I got a kind of a sense of where I want to go and when, when I want to go there, you know, whether it's first thing, right. When the sun comes up on one hole and then another hole, it might be half an hour later. Um, and then, you know, it's, so I, I get this little plan together where, where I want to shoot, let's say in the morning, which holes I want to shoot. Um, but that's always subject to change because you get there and it may not look the way you thought it looked. So you got to, you know, pivot or you know, adjust. And then there's always, the, you know, there's always a chance that the weather may not agree. So you just keep showing up. <laughs> really, you show, you just keep showing up and uh, more times than not, it works out. You know, and sometimes you show up and it doesn't, you know, I can think of a, um, I did a shoot up in uh, at Sand Valley a number of years ago. I think it was like four years ago. And I literally rained for four straight days. Oh, my. Yeah. And I sat around the clubhouse eating a lot of um, calamari. <laughs> it's <was> really good. <laughs> and I went to talk to the, um, the Kaisers, actually, um, and the GM there. I said, well, what do you want? And they I said, what do you want to do? I said, well, if you want, I can hang out for, you know, I can hang around for another three or four days because I got nothing else. I go, great. So, I mean, literally it was just, it just kept raining. I think it was, it might've rained for four and a half, almost five days. So on the fifth day it was raining and I was ready to pack it in. And I mean, I didn't have to go far because I was staying right there at the, at the lodge. And I, I looked out on the horizon. And I could see a little break in the clouds. And, you know, but it was getting near sunset. 
And I said, you know what? I'm just going to put my stuff in the cart. I'll cover it. And it was still raining. So I got in the cart and I drove out to Mammoth Dunes, to the 10th hole in Mammoth Dunes. And through the rain, I had all my stuff covered up. I had my, you know, I had my rain suit on. And I sat there literally and then the rain waited. And the clouds, the sky started to break. And the sun literally came out for 30 seconds and then it went then it went away. But then at 30 seconds, I was able to get a few shots of the 10th hole. Wow. And then I moved over to the 13th hole, and the same thing happened. And those were that shot of the, the shots I got out of the 10th hole are some of the best I ever got anywhere. And literally, you know, had I not driven out in the rain and just said, you know what, I'm going to go out there and just wait. And if I get some, I mean, because on the yeah, on the off chance the sun comes out, it can be really amazing. And it was for 30 seconds and I got this amazing shot of the 10th hole because uh, the sun came out. I mean, it, I, people say it opens, looks like, doesn't even look like a photo, it looks like a painting. So I just, I've learned from that. And I've also learned from times where I decided to pack it in and I shouldn't have, <laughs> where I thought, you know, the weather was, was going to stay cloudy or the weather was going to stay crummy and it switched on a dime and all of a sudden it got really nice and I had decided I'm going to leave or I'm going to go in my car and I regretted it. So there was a moment I just said, you know what, I am never going to do that again. Even if I have to go out there and get skunked. <laughs> Evan, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they buy some of your amazing photographs and, and then follow you, whether it's on your website or it's on social media? Uh, well, they can go to my website, evanschillerphotography.com. There's a, a uh, an online store with, I don't know how many prints there are there now, probably over a thousand to choose from, from probably over 60 golf, 60 courses, maybe more. Uh, evanschillerphotography.com. Uh, you can find me on social media, you know, Instagram. I'm probably the most active on Instagram, you know, just if you type in my name or Evan Schiller Photography, you can find me uh, also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and um, TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Evan, it's, the always, it's always a joy having you as part of the show. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon. In between now and then, my friend, all the best. And I look forward to all the different things that you're going to come up with this year. And obviously... Looking forward to the calendar for next year when that becomes available, because like I say, I've got it batted for the last several years here in my studio since I had the privilege of meeting you through Tom a few yeah. years ago. So yeah. I, I, I just treasure all of that. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. And actually, you know, remember I said, I usually know there's a photo I take and I usually know it's going to be the cover. Well, I got that one in February. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> can we get a, a glimpse under the tent? Now you're teasing me. Now I got to wait. Yeah. Oh no! I, I can tell you. I can tell you what it is, but you have to wait. Okay, that's okay. I'll wait, it's, but I want to know where it is. Uh, it's of the 18th hole at Stream of the Red Course at Stream Song. Oh, um, okay. Well, it was. It was my first morning. It was my first time at Stream Song. It was my first morning there, and the whole course was enveloped in fog. I mean, wow. just completely socked in with fog. And I was sitting by the 18th tee, drone on the drone on the ground, and the fog starts to break. But 
only breaks, it's still kind of hovering around the ground, but it only breaks on the 18th hole and on the driving range. The rest of the course is still in the fog because the 18th hole is a little bit higher up than the rest of the rest of the course, up towards the green. So the rest of the course was completely socked in, as were the surroundings. So I got the drone up and I took a picture of the 18th hole. And it literally looks with the fog and the, it looks like the the hole is on the water because wow. of all the fog. You can't see the rest of the course. You see some towers from the old um, mines, the, um, oh God, who's still in the place? Anyway, I'm blanking. There you see some of these old towers from the old mines in the distance, but other than that, it's just completely covered with fog. And wow. you see the you see the hole, so it looks like it's on the water. Spectacular. Can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah, it's a cool shot. Anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate having me on. What you do, it's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, Evan. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. All right, Chris. Bye. Thanks. See you, Evan. That is a great Evan Schiller, folks. You've got to see his prints to believe it. I mean, the shots that he has and uh, the hundreds of courses he has them from are all just absolutely breathtaking, and they're all perfect. And the lighting is perfect. The, the, the way that he's got it shaped, the angles that he takes it from are all perfect. It's tremendous stuff. It's, it's just, you know, when, when you see his, his photos and you're trying to think about which, which one do I want to have framed in the house, you can't pick one. Because there's dozens of them that we all want in our homes and in our offices. You got to go online to see it. EvanSchillerPhotography.com is his website. And hopefully we get the privilege of having Evan talk more about the things that he's doing this year and the images he's captured back on the show a little bit later on this summer.